All right, we'll be in 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles in the Old Testament, chapter 14. I uh, thankful for the word. I'm glad we can uh, continue to dig into it, get deeper and uh, learn from it. And I was just... I was reading this king the other day, and uh, as I was reading this description, it was really a couple things stuck, stood out uh, to me, and and then I was I was a little amazed that I hadn't preached on this king before and hadn't really heard much about him, uh, King Asa. Uh, but I want to dig in tonight with what the Bible has to say. Uh, uh, one of my favorite things about the Bible is how it has real people. Uh, it describes them, and uh, we get to get a little glimpse into so many different lives, uh, and I'm thankful for that. I like it. I like the stories of the people, and I believe we can learn a lot from it, but this uh, King Asa tonight, uh, I want to look at, but, uh, and if, if, you, uh, if you didn't know Kings and Chronicles, there are parts of it that overlap, so sometimes I will be, if you hear me say the parallel passage, that would be in Kings when it's talking about the same thing. Uh, I have a chronological Bible at home that makes it real easy. It puts them side by side and uh, so you can see everything, but sometimes we forget. We know the Gospels go together like that, you know, parallel, but we don't always remember Kings and Chronicles can do that at times too. Not all the time. There are some that's in one and not the other, uh, but a lot of times you can get different information. So Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter 14, we're going to start in verse 1. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa his son reigned in his stead. Uh, in his days the land was quiet ten years. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places, and break down the images and cut down the groves. And commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Also he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images. And the kingdom was quiet before him. And he built fenced cities in Judah for the land had rest. And he had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said unto Judah, Let us build these cities and make uh, about them walls and towers, gates and bars, while the land is yet before us, because we have sought the Lord our God. Uh, we have sought him, and he hath given us rest on every side, so they built and prospered. Lord, we thank you again for your word tonight. Thank you for being with us tonight. Lord, help us uh, as we dig into your word. Lord, help me to preach. Lord, that you touch my throat. Lord, help us to listen. And Lord, I pray that your word would go out in power like you promised. Uh, and Lord, that you would make it plain to us. Teach us tonight. Lord, help us to apply your word to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. Amen. So King Asa is the great-grandson of King Solomon. So he is the king of Judah at the time. Remember, at this time, Israel and Judah were split. They were two different nations, Israel to the north, Judah to the south. So you might see the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom. So this is Judah, the southern kingdom. So if you think about 
uh, the list of kings in the Bible. It starts with Saul, King Saul, then you have King David, then you have King Solomon, and then after Solomon is Rehoboam. And Rehoboam, remember, he was, ki- he was the king of both at the beginning, uh, but they came to him. Remember, they said, hey, uh, can you make our, ser- our serving a little easier? And I'm paraphrasing, you know, uh, than, than your father did. And the old men uh, advised him to do that, but he listened to the young men. Uh, and he said, your service is going to be harder than ever. Uh, they they uh, used whips. I'm going to use scorpions. You know, he was really uh, harsh with them. And Israel rebelled, and Jeroboam became the first king of Israel. So uh, King Solomon's son, Rehoboam, was the one that caused the split, uh, you know, with his actions. And then from then on, we've got the split. So Rehoboam stayed king of Judah. He was the king of both. The northern kingdom rebelled, so he was just the king of, of, of Judah. So remember, he, uh, so he is Solomon's son, and he was evil, the Bible said. He created, uh, he built these high places, uh, and those are places where there would be worship at gates and different things. He built images or statues or idols, and he had groves built and planted. Uh, and then the Bible also says he allowed the Sodomites to live in the land. Uh, and then, so Rehoboam, and then he dies, and his son Abijam is the next king. And the Bible says that he was an evil king. 1 Kings 15.3, and he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him. So we've got uh, Rehoboam is evil, we've got Abijah who's evil, and kind of does the exact same things as his father. So then Abijah dies, and then you think about his son Asa is the next one, and you wonder what's going to become of this next king of you know Judah. What is he going to be another evil king, uh, because that's the way it's been going. Uh, but aren't you glad in verse 2 we see a change in direction, right? We see, and Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God so even though his father did evil even though his grandfather did evil uh, and rebelled against God and worshiped false gods and all of these things aren't you glad Asa did what was right and good in the eyes of the Lord and this is a blessing I don't know about you but you know this uh, they call it today like a generational curse you know you've got uh, one rebelling against God, you've got a, another generation rebelling against God, and the third one comes around, and you expect it to get even worse. But this is a testament to what God can do. Amen. This is what He can do. He can uh, touch hearts, uh, and, and whether we're reading about it in the Bible, or if you see it in your own life, you see where that curse is broken. Uh, it's a blessing. And it's more evidence that our God has the power to change men's hearts. Our God, he can cut through uh, where the world has given up on people and families and everything else. Our God is greater. But verse 2, I believe, tells you why the curse was broken. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord, his God. You see that? Those two words at the end tells us that Asa, uh, he didn't just claim the Lord because he's the king of Judah, right? Some did that. They're like, well, uh, I'm aligned with the Lord because I'm one of his chosen people and I'm the king of his chosen nation. Or uh, I'm with the Lord because I'm a Jew. Or I'm with the Lord because of Judah or anything else. No, Asa, the Bible says with those two words, we know that he had a personal relationship with God. And that may 
makes all the difference, right? Amen? Isn't that, isn't that the problem? You've got, uh, you can have one generation that's evil, the next generation's evil, and here's the thing, you can have religion in both of those generations, and they're still evil, amen? But then you get to the third generation, and finally you have Jesus Christ, and that's the turnaround, right? That's the change, and that's what we want. We've been praying for that. That makes the difference, right? Because remember, what would this, uh, what would they say today? Statistically, you know, psycho uh, human psychologists and everything else, they would tell us that he's going to be the same way as his father, but I'm glad a personal relationship with the Lord, it changed yeah. everything. Amen. Not just God. It was his God. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if you hadn't figured it out, <clears throat> we're in an election year, right? Excuse me, we... We're in an election year, and I'm glad it's the time of year. I'm glad uh, we don't have cable, so we don't get any commercials, so I don't have to see it all the time. Uh, but here's the thing. I, in election years, sometimes we get our hopes up, right? We, we get our hopes up. We're, we're, we're hoping our candidate will win, uh, and then sometimes we get let down, right? Sometimes we get let down before the election. Sometimes we get let down after the election. Sometimes both. I mean, we just get let down the entire time. But I'll tell you what. One thing's for sure. It doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter who wins or anything else or who stays in office. Uh, what we need, we need leaders that have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we need. And I don't know about you, I want that more than uh, what political party they belong to, what qualification they have. In fact, I believe if they become a new creature in Christ, it really doesn't matter what party they belong to. Right? If they have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, it'll change them. And that's what we need. But here's the great thing about King Asa. He didn't just have a relationship with the Lord, but he made sure that that relationship guided how he ruled. And that's important. Look at verse 3. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves. Skip to verse 5. And he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him. He cleaned up the land. He reformed the land. He got rid of all these things. Basically every place where they would be worshiping some false god. Whether it was a statue, whether it was a forest that they dedicated to a false god, or a high place. I've seen some of those are like just a couple steps, and maybe a little image, maybe it's carved in, or a little statue or something. And as they're coming into the gate, there would be one next to the gate, and they would offer a little thing uh, before they went into the city. And as they're coming out and everything, he got rid of all that stuff. Right? He didn't just take them down and put them in storage or put them in a museum. He busted them up. He cut the forest down. He got rid of all of that stuff. And I thought for a second, can you imagine how much pushback? Right? Can you imagine how much uh, when he first said he was going to do this and make this decision? I was looking back. Remember, that's two generations of evil before him. It was right about 30 years of rule before him where all of this stuff was promoted and built and everything down. And he broke it down. He tore it up. He got rid of it altogether. Totally destroyed false worship. I thought about it. If I was just trying to think of an equivalent in our land today, and I couldn't even imagine if they got rid of every bit of false worship in this nature. I can't even imagine that. 
we're so far away from someone doing that. And then we wonder why we're so far away from God. And then we wonder why our nation has in some ways turned into hell. It's because of that. That's it. I mean, it shouldn't be a shock. But can you imagine living in a country where all the false worship is gone? Wow. It's hard to even imagine. The parallel passage, 1 Kings 15, 12. And he took away the Sodomites out of the land and removed all the idols that his fathers had made. And I thought that was interesting. Remember I read earlier that his grandfather, uh, Rehoboam, allowed the Sodomites to live in the land and he was an evil king. And now we have a good king that kicks out all the Sodomites. So if you didn't know what God felt about it, there it is right there. Amen. You can't be a good king and go against what God says. The Lord is against it. But what do politicians today and even in those days, kings in those days, they wanted to appease the people, right? They wanted to make them happy uh, instead of standing by what is right and holy before God. Last night, I was on the U.S. Secretary of State website, and they have travel information. I was looking up some stuff last night, and I, I was looking up a country. And I, I, did, I used to do this back when we were doing mission trips before, but it's been quite a long time since I've used that site. And I noticed uh, inside, when it's telling you all about the country and different things, now there's an LGBTQ plus area, and it tells you how you would be treated in that country if you went there. And I thought last time I looked, now it's been, you know, seven, eight, nine, however many years ago. Last time I looked, that stuff was not there. Why is it there now? Because our leadership is trying to appease the people, no matter how sinful, no matter how, uh, and that's the thing. God's not pleased by that. He's not. It goes even further. 1 Kings 15, 13. And also uh, Micah, his mother, even her, he removed from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove and Asa destroyed her idol and burnt it by the brook Kidron. He removed his own mother. He straightened out his own mother because she was false worshiping. And the idol she destroyed, again, he didn't just tell her to hide it. He destroyed it too. He got rid of it. And I believe when we look about at this, that is real spiritual reform. Real changes were made. He made hard decisions. He would have made a lot of enemies. But this is what God wanted kings to do. Amen. This is what he wanted them to do in leadership. Uh, I love this passage. Deuteronomy 17, 18. And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of which is before the priests the Levites. And it shall be with him and he shall read it therein all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. God said way before they had a king in the law, God had instructions for when a king would come. And he not only, you've heard me say this, he wanted them to copy the entire Old Testament and carry it around with them. Not just to have it, but he said to read it every day and apply it to their life and learn to fear the Lord. Amen. And to keep what it says. And that's the same, right? That's what he wanted them to do. He wanted kings to do that. And I believe Asa followed that. Now again, we can't see that he actually copied it down. But I'll tell you what, he feared the Lord. And he did what the Lord wanted him to do. 
I believe the Lord wants the same thing out of us today. We don't have to handwrite the Bible today, but I'll tell you what, even though we're not a king, queen today, we need to get in that Bible every day and we need to help it to teach us to better trust the Lord, fear the Lord, do what the Lord calls us to do and live godly. Same thing, still good. So we see these reforms. Look in verse two. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. See, it wasn't just enough of the Lord, his God, again, reminding us his God. It wasn't enough that Asa removed the idols in the groves. You know, Jesus made a warning of that. Matthew 12, 43, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. Then he saith, I will return unto my house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he findeth it empty, swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also unto this wicked generation. Jesus said, hey, he was using the example of a house. He said that house was empty, swept, and garnished. And what I think Jesus was showing them, he was saying it on a nation, but I believe it works for an individual as well. Uh, as you try to clean up your life, right? You try to empty out the bad things. You try to sweep it up. You try to clean it up uh, and make your life better. Uh, and, and this is what we see a lot of. But if your heart is still empty... If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, verse 45, Jesus said it will be worse at the end than it was in the beginning, right? There are seven other spirits more wicked moved in. And what is this world constantly trying to do, right? What are they trying to do? I'm going to clean up my life, right? I'm going to take care of different things. I'm going to make myself better. I'm going to work on me, right? We hear all these things, don't we? But you know what happens? You empty out some bad habits. You empty out some sinful things. You work on your life. You sweep it out. You garnish it. You make it look pretty. And you're still empty spiritually. The devil's just waiting. He'll have a heyday. Right? And I think we've seen that, haven't we? Yeah. Right? This world, you know, say you start out addicted to drugs and everything else. And you're able to somehow clean yourself up. Without the Lord, you know, some every once in a while some people can do that. And then you go along and you get some success and you still don't have Jesus. I've seen people that when they were addicted to drugs, they knew they needed Jesus. And then, uh, but they just wouldn't do it. And then now that they're successful by the world standards, they don't need Jesus. Amen. And even though they're, they look cleaner, it looks better. It's more accepted in society. They're still going to hell. Amen. Asa didn't just have a relation. He didn't just uh, know who God was. He had a relationship with God. Amen. And that's what we see. The house needs Jesus. Your heart needs Jesus. And guess what? He'll clean you up from the inside out. You don't have to clean yourself up. He'll improve your life. He'll fill you up with the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing. I noticed other kings would clean up the nation, but wouldn't deal with Jesus, right? they get rid of the idols. That's what Josiah did. Got rid of the idols, got rid of the groves, got rid of all that stuff. And he had a relationship, but nobody around him did. Yeah. They didn't change. And it just left it empty. When he was dead, they went right back to what they were doing. 
Look at verse 4. And commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Asa said, you need to seek the Lord. I've sought the Lord. I've made changes. But more importantly, you need to seek the Lord. That's what he told him. You need to live righteously. Right? And this is what our world is missing today. They want the cleanup. They want the better results. But they don't want the relationship. Right? They don't want that. They don't want... And you know, I've even seen churches. They want revival, but they don't want repentance. Right? They want... They want, the, they want the celebration. They want everything else. They want to count numbers. They want to do all these things, but no repentance. I'm here to tell you, you can get on your knees. You can pray. All the church can clap and hoo-ah and everything else. But if there's no repentance, there's no salvation. Yeah. That didn't do you any good. Even if you clean yourself up, strive to live righteously without a relationship with Jesus, you know what you turn into? Whether you turn into the, uh, the one that's successful in the world that doesn't need the Lord or you turn into the rich young ruler who tries to justify himself before the Lord. Yeah. Either way, it doesn't work. Either way. He went away sorrowfully. Seek the Lord. Do the law and the commandment. That if, if they followed it, that will lead to revival. Right? So what happened? So he had a relationship he reformed the country, and I believe they had some revival. I believe they did because of this next part. What happened next? Verse 1, at the end of it, says, In his days, the land was quiet ten years. Verse 6, And he built the fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest, and he had no war in those years, because the Lord had given him rest. Verse 7, near the end, Because we have sought the Lord... Our God, we have sought him, and he hath given us rest on every side, so they built and prospered. What happened? What happened? Relationship, the king had a relationship with Jesus. He made reforms. He got rid of the false worship. I believe they had revival. I believe a lot of people turned to the Lord as well as the king. And what happened? The Lord sent rest. There was no war for 10 years. Ten years, that's what it says. And not only did he give him rest, it says in verse 7, he gave him rest on every side. Where are we living today? We're living in a world with no peace. Whether you want to talk about wars, there's always wars going on somewhere. In fact, there are multiple wars going on. I mean, easy, right off the top of our head. Israel's in a war, right? Ukraine's in a war. And I'm sure there are other countries that are battling nonstop right now. We just, they just haven't hit the news because people don't, that doesn't uh, meet with the news needs. But there are wars going on, conflicts everywhere. But not only that, there's no rest mentally for this yeah. world either. There's no peace, none of this. They're searching for it. And the Bible is clear. If you want peace, the only way you can get it is through God. That's it. Jesus Christ. What happens? They try to buy peace. You can't buy it. Right? They try to make changes in your life. They try to meditate or whatever. You can't learn peace. Right? You can't learn it. The devil can't give it to you and he won't if, even if he could. What else? Sin prevents peace. Right? You're not going to live in peace with sin at the same time. But who can you call on? 
Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Amen? Amen? He can give it to you. He's ready to give peace to anyone that will seek him. What do our leaders want? They want peace and God bless America, right? That's what they want. You hear them saying it all, all the time. They want to force God to bless America, but they won't make any reforms. And they won't seek Jesus with their life. So guess what? I don't believe it will happen until those things happen. So now, here's the question I ask myself when I'm in the Kings section. We're in the Old Testament. We're in Kings and Chronicles. We're talking about the Kings and, and everything. And you, you wonder this question. How, how does the fact that a king of Israel either obeyed God or disobeyed God, how does that affect me? How do I apply that to my life, right? I'm not a king. I'm not going to be a king. I'm not a Jew. I'm not living under the Old Testament. So how does this affect us today in the church age? Well, the Bible gives us an answer. Romans 15, 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. You know what the Bible's saying? You know how we use the Old Testament today? As we go back in there, it was written aforetime for our learning. Amen? Amen? It's for us to learn from. Even though we're not a king, so it might not be an exact, direct application. If one king read how another king got the blessings from God, they could have applied it directly. But we're not a king. But what we can do is we get into this book. This is not just for history. You know that's sad. There are guys that will get into this section of the Bible and will teach it like a history class, and that's it. Here's what happened. That's it. That's not what the Bible's saying to do with it. This is a spiritual book, yeah. right? Yes, there's history in it, and the history's accurate. This is not a history book. Right. This is a spiritual book to, to, for our learning to apply to our lives. So what happens then? What happens if you read a passage like this, maybe in your daily Bible reading or studying, and you're thinking about it, and you're thinking, man, it's the Old Testament. We know from Romans it was written for us too, so we can learn, and through patience and comfort of the scriptures that we might hope, how can I apply it to my life when it isn't apparent? You know what we need to do? We've got to slow down. We've got to pray and ask God. You know who we can ask? We can ask the author, that's Jesus. We can ask the teacher, that's the Holy Spirit, to help us, to reveal it to us. And I was thinking about this one, King Asa. What did his relationship with the Lord do? It produced results. Yes. Not only, see, a lot of times we look at the revival. It started with the relationship. Then it went to the reform. He made changes, right? Yeah. He applied. His job was king. And he said, if I'm going to be king, I'm going to rule godly and fear God and do what God tells kings to do. He did that. And then what happened? The reforms, and then he pointed other people to God. Don't just let me do it, but you do the same thing. Yeah. And I think there was some revival, and then after that it brought rest. I think that's why the rest came, is because others followed him. And you know, I thought about that. 
If we want peace, if we want rest in our minds, in our hearts, for all the turmoil that's going on, we can't skip steps either. Right. You got to have a right relationship with Jesus first, right? You got to deal with the things that are sinful and take care of them, right? You've got to lead and live a godly life so that other people will follow you and point them to Christ, and then peace comes. And I feel like the same thing can happen in our lives. We're not a king. We're not in the Old Testament times. But I'll tell you what. I believe he will still give peace today. And I believe he still will bring revival today. But the question is, how's our relationship? And are there things we need to reform? Right? It's the same thing. He didn't just push the stuff aside. He didn't put them in storage, right? He didn't put them in a museum. That's what they would have said today. Oh, take those idols and put them in a museum so other people can see them later. No, he got rid of them. Yeah. Why? You put them in storage, you put them in a museum, they'll come out later, yeah. right? They'll come back. And that's what's happened. You know, I saw, I remember several years back, the... Uh, the Muslims took over this one area, and I don't remember if it was Afghanistan. I don't remember where it was, but there were these giant, giant statues of something. And I mean, whatever, there was two of them I remember seeing, and they blew them both up. And man, people were so angry at that. I can't believe they blew those things up. And I watched that, and I said, you know what? They're actually doing something right. Get, they know you've got to get rid of that stuff. Yeah. Now, they, get, they have a false religion they need to get rid of, but anyway... They know what needs to be done. There's some things we got to do the same thing too. So we're going to open up the altar tonight. King Asa, the first good king.